0: Hi there, welcome back to the show. This is Jonathan with PureAndSimpleBible.com and and you are joining us in the second part of a mini-series on a shepherd's view of Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is such a beautiful passage, isn't it? I still look to it for comfort. I know many of you do as well. It's one that many of us know by heart. And yet there's always more to learn. That's what I love about the Bible is that there's always more to learn. And Levi Bailey came into studio with me, recorded this Bible study, and you're getting the second part of it where we go through line by line and consider some of the insight that a shepherd named Philip Keller would have and also Levi's personal study that he's done on this subject that he presented at our home congregation at Valley Parkway about a month ago. And anyway, you're going to get the blessings of this conversation and this Bible study, so I invite you to take the time now to join us for part two, and let's jump back into it, shall we? Why do we need to be led in paths of righteousness? Why why don't we just stay in green pastures?
1: I had the same question. Leading through paths of righteousness, what are these paths of righteousness? Uh-huh. What is this all about? And... Philip Keller talks about these paths that the shepherd leads their sheep in the Middle East. And you look at the these hillsides, and you might not even see green on the hillside. You have to get really close to see these little shoots of grass. But there are these very distinct paths. They almost look like hiking trails, but hmm. they are spaced up the hillside at this perfect spacing where if the sheep were to stay there, they would eat this these small green plants until the point they pulled up their roots and nothing would be left. Right. But instead the shepherd leads them through these paths and the sheep can reach up from their where they're standing a little bit higher on the hill or reach down. And by having a different sheep or a few sheep on each one of these paths and passing over the hillside from left to right, let's say they can Get nourished as they pass by, but also allow the the land to replenish itself, so that the next shepherd can lead its sheep through these paths too. And so this visual, and I've I've even seen some pictures and some videos of these areas of these uh, horizontal lines crossing these mountains and mm. these sheep being led through them, that the sheep on their own devices would just stay in one spot and tear that land up until it was not fruitful anymore but it was the shepherd's job to lead them from one place to another and as we find later in the 23rd psalm it is the shepherd's job to lead them to better places mm-hmm. even though there might be some some difficult times through that process
0: now so that I guess that's that's part of the the unlocking of this verse is that we got to lead be led through these paths of righteousness but then there's the other part about uh, why not just stay in one space? When whenever we we find the green pasture, why not just hang out there? We've got it. We don't need to go down these paths because we've already got this green pasture. You you talk about with Philip Keller and uh, kind of understanding what happens to these sheep when when they remain in one place. If if people are like me and they're not a shepherd, we would just assume that once we find the green pasture, we're golden. You know, we're going to stay there for the rest of our lives. But that's not the best for sheep,
1: right. and and I think that's something that I had to learn. I, I've not been around a lot of animals, but but the sheep in a pasture, let's just say, can be a very good thing for the grounds of that pasture. Mm-hmm. if they if the shepherd is wise and uh, moves them around enough, but if the shepherd is is lets the sheep just stay there, they can completely destroy the land. And, and it can take decades for that land to recover again.
0: How would they destroy it?
1: They can destroy it by eating all of the nourishment there, um, the, 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 the pests and the, the, uh, the insects, and they can turn it into basically mud and mush and mm-hmm. just trample the land until it becomes basically a desert. Yeah. Or if they're led through the land and move from pasture to pasture, They can leave behind themselves um, things to nourish the land. They can they can open up the land with with their hooves and and aerate the dirt and make it better for the next season. If the shepherd is able to lead them through, and of course, I also like to to point out the verse from Mark the eighth chapter and verse thirty four, where Jesus said, "Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me." so we're we're following after the shepherd mm-hmm. and sometimes that means that we have to deny what may be comfortable for us or may be uh-huh. good for us. Yeah. Yeah. And get up and move. Get up and change. Get up and do something different to follow Jesus. And I'm sure that um as a sheep, it would be very comfortable to stay in that one green pasture. But then whenever it turned into the desert, then all of a sudden it would be no good anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Great visual. Now, um, maybe other than the first part of the psalm, this next line may be the most iconic or at least the most comforting. I feel like a lot of people get a comfort from the phrase, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And um, I think probably... Philip has some insight on that. You also have a scripture here from Hebrews. Um, I guess th- those switchbacks that you talked about, et cetera, what would be so dangerous about a, a sheep path, th- this valley of the shadow of death that it's talking about there? What, why is it so dangerous?
1: Well, what I learned is that there are, are times where the sheep are kept in the lowlands during certain months of the year. And then there's other times where the sheep need to be moved into the higher lands or the mm-hmm. table lands, kind of some plateaus. And the only way to get up to those plateaus would be these these valleys or sometimes they're canyons mm. that they would have to um, maneuver the sheep. The shepherd would have to to maneuver the sheep through these canyons. And in these canyons, there could be there could be uh, wild animals that are waiting behind the next boulder to attack the sheep there. Mm. There's definitely stumbling blocks and slippery slopes and steep uh, ravines. And, and, and it's through some of these dark valleys that the sheep just have to pass through to get from good pastures in the lowlands to the good pastures, again, up on the tablelands, the plateaus.
0: And the shepherd knows that if we stay in the lowlands it's going to turn to desert and rot. We have to get there. So it's like, right. The, the, the journey is going to be tough, but if we don't go, then we're going to die.
1: The shepherd knows what's best for his sheep. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And so it takes, we have to be good sheep and follow our shepherd <laughs> in the, through those tough times. And I, and I also love that. It says that, um, Yea, though I walk through the through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He doesn't take us around the shadows or mm-hmm. the death. He he doesn't stop right in the middle, but we're gonna be passing through and getting to the other side with yeah. with our shepherd.
0: Amen. And you quote uh, Hebrews thirteen as a, a, a good connection for us in the New Testament age.
1: Yeah, Hebrews the thirteenth chapter and verse five through six. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I just, I think that is so applicable to this because I think there are plenty of times in our lives that um, we do have those down times, those fearful times, those scary times. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people turn to this, this Psalm during those dark moments in their life, because like you said, this iconic verse but um, but Jesus has told us that he won't forsake us mm-hmm. and that he's our helper, so we don't have
0: to fear. I imagine that um, this is probably a favorite verse for people who struggle with, whether it be anxiety or depression or some forms of, of mental health uh, issues that by looking at a verse such as this that acknowledges that you're going through it, that there's no way around it, you're going to have to go through it, but the Lord's with you in the middle of it, is probably a source of great comfort.
1: Absolutely. It's been a comforting passage to me through some of those same mm. moments in my life where anxiety was getting to me, and it's something that I I struggle with. And, yeah. and it is always nice to have those verses. And it's one of the my favorite things about having verses memorized is... Uh, you can be thinking about them even if the lights are off and, right. and you have nothing else going on that those verses can right. be repeated over and over because you have them memorized.
0: Amen. As we're walking through the valley of shadow of death, we fear no evil. We know the Lord is with us. And that part of the comfort is in the Lord's rod and staff. And so there's this shepherd set of tools, the rod and staff, and uh, maybe you could take some time and and explain what what those are.
1: When I would picture a shepherd, I would picture a shepherd with his sheep with the staff, the long wooden pole with the hook at the end. Right, that and Bugs
0: Bunny would use to like pull people off stage. Exactly,
1: <laughs> and and that the shepherd could use to help his cast sheep stand up again, okay, or I get that. or could guide them, guide a, a a lost lamb to its mother, and and um and so I would always picture this staff. I never knew about the rod Mm. as a shepherd's tool. Mm -hmm. And so I I learned something. And apparently the rod is a very important tool that the the Bible actually talks a lot about. Um, For a a couple examples, the rod is used for discipline Mm -hmm. as spoken in the Bible. And we were familiar with the verses talking about not sparing the rod. Mm. But this is one of the the shepherd's tool. and And the rod was a... I like to picture a miniature baseball bat. The, okay. the shepherd would pluck up a sapling tree and there would be a root ball and he would carve all of the roots off of this root ball to make almost a, a knob. And then he would cut the length of the, the tree down to the, about the right size for him to handle um, for his own strength or weight. He would carve the handle. He would take a lot of time to prepare this this rod so that he could wield it with one hand, and have this dangerous, hardened mm. knob at the other end as a weapon.
0: So in one hand is the rod, and the other is, is the staff. Is the
1: staff. And, and the the rod could even be kept in his belt, basically, as a place he could reach for it and, and draw it out. Um, Ezekiel 20 and verse 37 talks about a shepherd using his rod for inspection where the sheep would pass under the rod. Okay. He would use the rod to pull back some of the wool and, oh, okay. Okay. And, uh, be able to inspect the sheep. And then we also remember where David talks about, um, the rod for protection in first Samuel, the 17th chapter in verse 34 through 35. And this is where David is talking to Saul about his accomplishments as a shepherd, being able to slay, uh, lions and and bears that would come attack his sheep, and and he talked about grabbing them by their right by their beard <laughs> and striking them and killing them. Right, and it never occurred to me what are they? What was he striking these uh-huh. these predators with? It was striking it with his rod, and so he was uh, a good shepherd. To his sheep because he would protect them from these large wild animals mm-hmm. and so when david is saying the lord is my shepherd he has a rod and staff that comfort
0: me uh was it this point in the study where you you tell about philip keller's uh experience with the rod yes his, his neighbor friend or so, somebody helped him with so, the use of a rod
1: so there was a time that he talks about where he and another shepherd were, were hired basically to go help some photographers take some pictures of some elephants. And unfortunately the elephants were hiding out under uh, some shade of some trees and they couldn't get a good picture of them. And so they determined that if they would roll this boulder down the mountain, it might spook the elephants enough to get the elephants to trot out from under the tree and, and get a good picture of them. As they're rolling this boulder, and I'm picturing that cartoon uh, image of this teetering (laughs) boulder, but as they're rolling this boulder out, Philip Keller said he didn't even see it, but there was a cobra under this boulder, and as soon as they tried to roll it, the cobra stood up to strike, and the other shepherd, like in the flash of an eye, pulled out his rod and struck the cobra and killed the cobra before it could do any harm to the people that were there. And at that moment, Philip Keller remembered the 23rd Psalm and how comforting it was to have a shepherd with a rod that was very good at using Mm -hmm. it in that moment.
0: Mm -hmm. So even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Yeah, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Not just the staff, there's comfort in the rod. Even though sometimes we might not like, even
1: though it can be used for (laughs) for punishment, Uh even though it can be used for inspection, Mm -hmm. even though it can be used Mm -hmm. for these other things, it can still be comforting
0: because of that protective quality too. Yeah. So I I hope that you know our listeners. um, One of my favorite things about Bible studies, whenever you hear something, maybe uh, that you've read it a hundred times and but then finally it clicks. This was one of those for me, the rod and the staff, they comfort me. And when you said that, and, and I considered these scriptures and kind of saw the the connection that was there, it really was one of those aha moments. I love those when I study the Bible. But then it was followed up almost immediately by another aha moment, because uh, for as long as I've read Psalm 23, when we get to the phrase, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I've always seen a banquet where I'm basically getting to stick my tongue out <laughs> at, at people while I'm I'm you know t- partaking with the Lord. But that has contextually nothing to do with sheep. And so in your study, you try to help us understand that we we haven't left the shepherd sheep. Uh, analogy at all. In fact, it's being continued. And so tell us about that.
1: I thought the same thing. I would always picture the banquet table with the Thanksgiving feast <laughs> that I was going to get to eat with the Lord. Right. And, and it wasn't until Philip Keller enlightened me through his book about these tablelands. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The shepherd would have to leave his sheep down in the lowlands, the safe sheepfold, and go up to these tablelands find that route through those dark valleys find the route through the uh, the canyons up to the tablelands that the for the next season the sheep would have to go up there mm-hmm. and the shepherd would have to go in advance and a lot of times there would be predators that they would have to trap or scare away right there would be poisonous plants that were not good for the sheep that had grown since the last season that they would have to pluck and burn there were uh they had to find the the shepherd would have to find the old watering holes right and sometimes they had had been um mucked up and mm-hmm. they would have to clean them out or let them drain refill them and so the the shepherd would have to prepare these tablelands for the sheep before the sheep could come up with the shepherd mm-hmm. and so this thought of the shepherd pre- preparing these tablelands was an aha moment for me too that these plateaus or these tablelands the sheep were looking forward to getting to get up there the cooler weather of the the higher grounds the the nice big table that's yeah. prepared even though it was in the presence of their enemies mm. the shepherd would go prepare the way for them
0: mm, i like that and and uh, i thought of the scripture in john 14 you have it in your notes where jesus is making that assurance can you read that and share a thought of course
1: Jesus says, "I go to prepare a place for you." And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And of course, we do look forward to getting to heaven where Jesus is preparing the ultimate mm-hmm. tablelands for us. Mm-hmm. And um and and it's just it all ties together so well in my head that this these good shepherds would go and prepare these these uh, places up in the clouds, these table lands and these higher mountain plains. Yeah. Uh, And here Jesus is. He left us to get to heaven to prepare a place for us so that he could come back and receive us uh, to him.
0: It just kind of struck me that song higher ground. Does it say table lands? Yes. I love that song
1: (laughs) and I love it more after this study.
0: Yeah. Like it just popped in my head. When when you put this visual of these higher grounds up in the clouds, and I thought, I think that the the actual phrase "tableland" is in that. I wonder if it was written by somebody familiar with.
1: I I wonder know. the same thing, but it, it definitely is a good tie-in, and yeah, and there's been a couple of times where I've sung the song and just visualized the twenty-third psalm while mm-hmm. while singing it. Now
0: that's good. Now, um. I'll I'll read maybe for those who are driving or they're not able to look at a Bible. Uh, I'm going to read part of the 23rd Psalm just to remind us where we're at. So it begins with the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Before I read the last line, I'll just say, when we I experienced this when you preached it, and I'm experiencing it presently. But just reading that, having spent the last what half hour talking about it, suddenly I'm reading it with fresh eyes. There's a it it, feels it means more just a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I, I I do the same thing after studying it a time and time again. And that's why I read the, the Philip Keller's book a couple of times, because it has a special connection when you learn about the sheep and the shepherd for
0: a city boy. Right. (laughs) Right. Now that the, we have three phrases to go. And uh, this, this first one is you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And kind of like the the previous one about the table, this just doesn't seem very sheep-like. And yet, it is. Tell us about it.
1: It is. And in this handout that the people that are listening can't see is a picture from the 1890s. And it is a shepherd pouring oil over the head of his sheep out of a, a cup or a bowl-like structure. And um, and the oil is is overflowing out of this cup onto the head of the sheep. And what I learned is that there is a certain fly called a nasal fly that is the number one pest of a sheep. Mm. And it is this fly's ultimate purpose in life to land in the mucus of the nose <laughs> of a sheep and to lay its eggs. And and that can be really annoying to have these flies around their face. But it's even worse because these eggs eventually hatch and instead of just the flies, the little babies coming out of the nose, they go deeper into the sinus cavities and they live in the heads of these sheep. And the sheep can be so annoyed that they bang their heads against the rocks. They bang their heads against each other. They bang their heads against the ground. And you might think that the sheep has, has lost its mind because they can't focus on eating or drinking nothing in the world is more important than getting rid of this pest that's in their sinuses. And the, the um, antidote is this oil hmm. and the shepherd would coat the sheep's heads with oil and a good, a, a bad shepherd might only put a, a little drizzle of oil here or there yeah. to try to keep the the, the flies away. But a good shepherd would coat their sheep's heads with oil so that the flies would have no space to land. They would stay away, and they had their own recipes. They would add sulfur. They would add these uh, spices to to keep the flies away. Mm. And um, And, of course, the Lord is our shepherd, and he's a good shepherd, and his cup runs over for us. He is right. going to give us as much of the medicine as we need to keep our pests away from us.
0: I love that. It's, it's, it's worse than you think. You know, we we think about it in our posh 21st century terms, but yeah, that poor sheep to have those things going up their nose like that and have no
1: defense against it. Uh And especially in modern day, they cut the tails off a sheep because they can become so dirty and they don't produce much wool, but with no tail and no way of (laughs) swatting the flies away. Right. It really came down to that oil.
0: Right. Oh, I like that. Okay. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And then here's kind of this this final set of phrases. Um, Such beauty. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What do we got here?
1: Well, we spoke about it a little bit earlier, how under the right circumstances, a sheep can leave a pasture in a better place than it found it. And I learned... That, because of the sheep's hooves, they can aerate the soil, where the water will saturate it and or where the um, new seeds will will germinate into these these uh, depressions, and under bad circumstances, the sheep can completely destroy the land. Mm. And so the question is, if we're sheep, as we're passing through life, are we leaving behind our ourselves? a better place after we left or a worse place. And, uh, Mr. Keller, he poses some questions that we can think about, such as, do I leave a trail of sadness or of gladness behind Mm me? Do I deposit a blessing behind me? Or am I a bane to others? And, and we think about the sheep depositing something behind them as they move on. And that could be a horrible, smelly, nasty thing, or it could fertilize the soil and, And so the next season, the right. grass could be growing better. And and so as we live our lives, we should be reflecting on on our ourselves too. And as we pass through a school, did we make an impression on our classmates? As we pass through a work uh, situation, do our coworkers are they glad that we left, or mm. or did they do they miss us so much because we were such a good influence? Yeah, and that's. That just all ties back to Matthew, the fifth chapter and verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven.
0: You know, a thought I had about this section. You know, shame on me. It was selfish. But. I guess when I read it, I think surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. So it's like I get the benefits of, of goodness and mercy when I follow the Lord because they're following me. So, you know, they're somehow attached to somehow you, yeah. it's coming with mm. me. Right. But what you're suggesting and, and definitely with what the the sheep is doing to the land, when the sheep is doing it right, then then goodness follows it and bounty follows and so it does make sense that i really should be out more outward focused instead of only thinking about what i get out of the lord it's according to matthew 5 about my light shining to the world it's kind of like maybe you've heard it before um that cheesy phrase be the moon reflect the sun you know (laughs) the idea is that we don't have any light within ourselves it has to be the light of christ that's shining through us to others and so, yeah, it's spending a moment thinking about what sort of legacy am I leaving with uh, at school or at work. But even in my closest relationships, my family and my, my friends, um, you know, what sort of uh, impact am, are these 20 years I have with my kids going to make on the next 60 years of their life? Sure. Ooh, Sometimes it's overwhelming to Absolutely. think about it. But yeah, I guess I'm chastising myself in front of everyone who's listening to this, but this is more outward focused than there's an outward component to it. And it's not just about me, 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 me as I read through Psalm 23. I like that. And you end it with the final phrase. So uh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here he is with that final phrase. What, what do we take away from this?
1: Well, I love how he, David begins the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And he is almost bragging about how he has the best shepherd. Mm -hmm. And then he gets to end the psalm in something very similar. And I will dwell in his house forever. Mm -hmm. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so from beginning to end, he is proud to be a sheep living in the house of the Lord under the, the guidance of his shepherd. And um, I think that that we have the same uh, thing to be grateful for, and we can make the same proclamation that we want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
0: You have a couple of New Testament verses there that kind of close out the study. Do you mind reading those to us and, sure. and offering that same encouragement that sure. you did?
1: Hebrews, the third chapter, verse six says Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, we, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Mm. And I think I, I tie this into just the concept of rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. We got to live our life to the fullest all the way to the end. Yeah. And, um, and 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter and verse 13 for by one spirit we're all baptized into the one body whether Jews or Greek whether slaves or free we've all been made to drink into that one spirit and so if we want to be in the house of the Lord if we want to to have that those blessings that the good shepherd can give us that can take away the the dirtiness of our our ourselves and all of these things that we've got ourselves into, the trouble that we've found ourselves into, the muck and the mud and we've're we've, we're stuck. we're the cast sheep lying down. If we want to get to the house of the Lord and dwell with him forever, the what the way in is through baptism. Mm-hmm. and it's and we were all baptized into that one body yeah. and and uh, we can look around the congregation, we can look around the Lord's church. And we all got there the same way, and that was through baptism. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone who might be listening to this, if they haven't been baptized yet, to study the Scriptures, read the Scriptures, look at all of the different uh, cases of conversion in the book of Acts.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: time after time after time again, you'll, you'll find um, a variety of people, a variety of circumstances. But in order to, to get into the Lord's church, it was all through baptism. Yes.
0: I love that. I love uh the diversity of individual but the commonality of of God's way. This is this is the path of righteousness into into that table land is through baptism. So Well, brother, this was excellent. Um I was I, one of the things about hosting this is I get to have people come in and and then one-on-one I get to re-experience often what was experienced either in a sermon or in other ways. And so I'm thankful that we got to talk about it again because I got to experience what I had two weeks ago with you. So thank you for preaching it. Thank you for talking about it with me again. And, and I'm very thankful for the time we've had together.
1: Thank you so much for having me and for your insights too because they were a blessing to me and, and I, I can think about some of these verses in a new way myself.
0: Excellent. I am indeed thankful that Levi was willing to come into the studio and record this with me. Some of my guests are repeat guests. I hope Levi will be a repeat guest because I thought we had a great, uh, I don't know what you call it, a great dialogue relationship. I've never really tried to quantify what it is, but Levi was very easy to talk to and he was very easy responding to some of the things I had to say. So I hope he'll be a repeat guest um, but when people come into the studio for the first time, it can be a little bit challenging. Uh, they're not maybe familiar with the format or maybe it's just different from when you're preaching and, and you don't have anybody raising their hand and asking you questions in the moment. But he did very well. And I hope you enjoyed the study. The, the sermon itself is great. If Levi is ever visiting your congregation, you should ask him to preach that one. But to be able to talk about it back and forth was such a blessing for me. And I hope it was for you to get to listen to it. Please, I'm going to take one moment just to ask that you would please take a moment yourself and go to whatever app you are listening to this on and give it a five-star review. I ask that from time to time just because, uh, let's see, Apple and Google and SoundCloud and Spotify, all those, they follow these algorithms where when people uh, are looking for recommendations, it's the ones that have these five-star reviews that are often recommended to them. I don't know everything about it. I'm probably ignorant to the nth degree, but I know it's helpful to have more reviews and that the reviews are positive. So if you haven't taken that time yet, please take the time to go to the app that you're currently listening to it on and give Pure and Simple Bible a five-star review. And if you have an extra minute, explain why you like the podcast. I actually go and read those from time to time and they are very encouraging to me so thank you for your encouragement okay that's all until next week you can go to the website and check out all of the information that's downloadable and usable absolutely free i'm currently using the redemption series going through a bible study with someone i hope will be baptized soon and you can use these studies too for free when you download them so go check it out until next week this is jonathan edwards Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story. A story that is true about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, this rose